Phone boy. Yeah, phone. Phone, drinking water when we start. It's good. 99 episodes in, we're upholding some serious standards here. It's good. Dan, uh, one last week, yeah? You said you're wearing this beanie, right? And that it was going to come off when you took the lid off. Where's it sitting this week? Hey, Jules, about here. Are you doing? Are you doing the same thing, here, Jules? Nah, I man. I'm just fashion trends. You know, just got to keep up. Oh. Everyone's got it. Mine's here. Know? Mine's that's that's on the tip of my head. I look like a garden gnome. Yeah, I could... Eight mile. I look like a genuine garden gnome, but that's where it's at. Yeah, that's uh, without the meaning too. Nah, you look like a Smurf. I'm leaving it like this all episode. I'm going to leave it like this all episode because that's where the lid's at. And that's where we're at. I'll give no credit to this side ever. I'll give no respect to this side ever. John O'Brook, honorary blue brother, Will Hayes. Yeah, Mr. Paul Sebastiani. Welcome back to the show, mate. This one game is a builder of a year's worth of work. That's that's if you think this performance. And I gave my opinion. Welcome everyone to episode 99 of the Almost Blues Brothers podcast. Proudly powered by the Blue Abroad Podcast Network and YouTube channel, but now for the first time in this podcast history, proudly brought to you and sponsored, sponsored by Vortep, which if you're watching, you can all see. I've got the hoodie on here. Jules got the crew neck. Dan's got the uh, got the tea. There it is. All very all right. We don't need to see gut, Dan. But very comfy. Very very ladies and gents. Yeah, comfy. It is. It is high quality, comfy, comfy active wear. And this is this is a sponsor, a proud proud sponsor of the show, helping us bring you this content each week. Now, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this first, just to get this out of the way, because it is it's a big night for us as a podcast. We haven't had a sponsor before, so vortep.com.au. Head there now to get all your Vortep gear, all your activewear gear. When I say this is very, very, very high quality activewear, I'm not even joking. And Dan, you can attest to this because you've been using Vortep clothing for your business, your PT business, for how long now? Uh, what is it? A year? Six a months. Yeah, and you switch from you switch from whoever you're. I changed your previous as soon as yeah. as soon as Vortep showed me the quality of their stuff, I had to change. Granted, so, it's a, granted, is- granted, it's a mate of ours. Um, yeah, but hey, 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 we don't. No, no, hey, honestly, honestly, the the nah, it is. It's it's quality gear. Um, like I said, for us, it's comfortable. Um, and I highly recommend you guys visiting that website. Um, and giving his stuff a go. There's, there's actually a massive range of stuff that he's got, and I know he's going to be releasing more soon. So keep checking it out each episode when we remind you. Um, because like I said, especially if you like tech fleece type stuff, it's got tech fleece shorts, tech fleece trackies. His hoodies are warm as during winter, and we're not even paid to say. Oh, well, we sort of are now, but like, well, no, I was going to say, Dan. I was going to say, Dan. Dan said he's a mate of ours, but we don't do anything for free, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that Jules, part's not screwed. We're, we're those kind of mates. Now, just to finish this off, if you head to vortep.com.au as a as an active blue uh, blue broad and almost Blues Brothers listener, uh, if you type in almost Blues Brothers at the checkout, you'll get ten percent off. So go and get some Vortep gear. I want to see some Vortep gear at, at Carlton Games from now on as well. And 
There'll be a little announcement next week with the 100th episode. We are doing a little bit of a collab with Vortep as well. We've, we've been asked about merch for a while now, boys. We might might have a little limited edition sort of um, set up in the works. <laughs> Who's doing the designs? I don't know. None of us can design anything, so I've got to find someone. All right, let's get on with this. Listen, boys, before we get into the footy, it's going to be a big night. It's going to be a nice night. It's going to be... We're buzzing. It's going to... It's gonna be it's gonna be a night of genuine fun because this is where we're at as a football club. Six weeks after being at the absolute in the absolute pits and the lowest of the lows, this is where we're now at. We're just partying here on this podcast. It's a party. But before we get there, how are we, Jules? There was a comment here before we started. I gotta find it. Which from Davy? From yeah. Davy. What's going on with the beanie tonight, man? I rock the I rock a beanie like this anyway. You know me. Yeah, you do. It's just that I haven't worn it on the show. Yeah, it's it's a oh, usual yeah. thing. So outside of outside of footy, what's going on? Very good. Just can't wait to get my hands on some of this salami, boys. It's um, I think my dad was um putting some together today. So um, which yep. was a bit um out of the ordinary. Well, I think we had a discussion that we we're gonna fix it up next weekend. But he's um, yeah, he's well, gone on top of it early. If they're ready, they're ready. And that's it. We'll, uh, when we'll I, be eating, eating some salami on next week's show. Dan. Jules, when I send you your, your wedding invite, RSVP back with a salami. Oh, I can do. All right. Jules what a movie. Like Jules looks like he belongs in the new Home Alone movie. Where's Wally? Aiden asking to take the beanies off. Well, anyway. Dan. Eight Mile. I don't know. I don't know what what we're calling you these days. What's going on? No. Well, I'm telling. Well, so for anyone that didn't see the intro, the lid is here. Yeah. That's why. That's why I'm wearing. I'm wearing, look at how high that is. <laughs> I don't even I know how it. that's tied up. <laughs> Gav, I wish oh, I got a job working on the docks. Apparently, it's good coin. Very, very good coin, Jules. So if all falls to shit, I might join you. If this podcast doesn't take off in the next couple of years, I might have to start working a second job. <laughs> <laughs> all right now we got that out of the way we've got a big night and we've got a special guest joining us later which no one actually knows about so it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting um but i think we just get into this boys without any further ado well, well first no first Sorry. give a shout out to um uh eduardo caroccio yes and, and john, john holden. holden john yep. holden who came and saw Good us at the game. Good to meet both of them yesterday at the game. Fantastic. Great guys. Fantastic. And while, while we're talking about meeting people, which is always nice, it's always nice when people do say hello, uh, next week for the 100th episode, just remember the, the StreamYard link is going to be in the live chat and whoever's listening live and watching live, you'll be able to join us for a chat for episode 100. We're not getting guests in. We don't do that shit. This isn't, that's not us. We want to talk to you. We, have, we haven't spoken to a lot of you. So it'll be, it'll be, Nice next week to get a few people on and, and having a chat about the Blues after what will what will be a big win against the Eagles. Joe, so, Joel, yes. Now cut the bullshit. We beat without any, with, 50. Without, Let's get into this thing, man. Without any, I'm going to ask Jules here because you're talking too much here. Without any further ado, Jules. Let's get into it.
Yep. Yep. Said it last week. If you watched last week, we said that was it. Saw what we needed to see against Frio. And I tell you now, boys, and correct me if I'm wrong. I said yesterday going into the game, that had Sydney 2022 written all over it at Marvel, did it not? Yes. No response. This is So I get feedback the other week from you to say, I talk too much. And then I ask you a question and you don't respond. This is why, I'm, this is why I have to fucking carry this show. It seemed like, like it was a rhetorical now. question. It was a rhetorical question. I feel like as if it was a different game though. I mean, I wasn't there at the Sydney game, but Sydney game was a quarter. Was it not? It was just an eight, nine goal quarter or something like that. In the it second. Yeah, it was. You know, this was a little bit different. This was a bit more of a, you know, let's put four on them, let them kick one. Let's put another four or five on the second quarter, let them kick one or two. It was a much more um, consistent game, I'd say. Um, Port did have their patches, but in the end, we capitalized, um, you know, in abundance when we, when we were on top. Just while while I'm going through the match report here, if you if you're watching live, just leave leave us one word in the comments for how you described your experience yesterday uh, and the win. But final scores from Marvel Stadium uh, in front of thirty four thousand people. Carlton eighteen fourteen one hundred and twenty two to Port Adelaide ten twelve seventy two fifty point winners. Uh, the goal kickers for the Blues another nine again. Newman, Fogarty, Cunningham, Martin, Cripps with one each, Cottrell with two, Kerno with three, Motlop with four, Silvani with four. Unfortunately, a couple of injuries. Always was a laid out. Jesse Motlop came in and had a Nick Digan-like cameo with that four-goal performance. And Harry Mackay, first quarter, we know now that it is a meniscus injury and it looks like four to six weeks at this point. So he should be right come week one of finals. And this is how I'm talking now because that's where I'm at. So... Boys, let's just start because we're going to be we're going to be up and about with with the win. But obviously, we've got a couple of things to talk about. Harry Mackay meniscus injury. Let's tick that one off first. How how do you think that's going to impact us in the next six week block if he does miss that six weeks? Personally, the one thing I mentioned during the game uh, was that it was evident when Charlie in particular would have to go uh, down the wing for a contested mark exiting D50. Um, and then say, if he'd take that mark, we then looked a bit uh, light on in our forward 50. Um, so having the two options of Harry and Charlie, uh, and obviously the, the absence of Harry might, might hurt us um, in the sense that having that second tall, um, like I said, in particular with, with, where Harry was really effective in taking big contested marks on the wing. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's then going to – listen, Charlie Charlie played his role perfectly against Port. You, you can't say he didn't because when he couldn't when he couldn't take, a, take the mark, he brought the ball to ground, allowed the smalls to get to work, which was important. I just feel as though, you know, there was a, there was a patch. I clearly saw it when he did take – I think it was in the second or the third and he took a mark – and then we looked on in the Ford 50 and no one was there. Mm. And not that Aaliyah Aaliyah and Tom Jones, they looked more comfortable because we were still piling on the goals. But I just feel as though I think we're going to notice. I know Harry struggled in front of goal, but I think we're going to really notice what he was doing around the ground or for, further higher up the ground um, as a result of him being out for those four to six weeks. We don't have a yeah. replacement for Harry. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I remember that patch. Um, it was in the second quarter, Paisano, I'm pretty sure. Um, and there was a patch where we sort of found a little bit tricky to, you know, exit D50 or get the ball inside forward 50 with Charlie obviously coming up the ground. Now, you know, I feel like as if with training, with a bit of, um, you know, understanding of what what's expected, even with Martin sort of adjust his game, even Silvani, we saw him adjust his game as well on the weekend. And he's pretty been pretty adjustable over the last, not only just the last um, half the season, but the last few years. I feel like as if, it'd be down to the coaching staff and the players to come up with a game plan forward of centre um, to be able to do without Harry. Yeah, yeah and uh, interestingly, so this is, it's a good it's a good point to start on because Charlie kicks a, his first goal in the third quarter. First goal for the game in the third quarter. Neither Charlie nor Harry kicked a goal in that game yesterday. Prior to us as a team kicking, I think it was either 11 or 12. So, yeah, we, we've probably been reliant on Harry down the line. And I think TDK is going to have to step up there big time. I think he's he's going to have to show that he can take those big clunks and those contested marks uh, with a lot more consistency. JSOS as well. But in terms of the scoreboard, in terms of forward half, if what we saw yesterday is anything to go by, we've got, We've now got a plethora of options to hit the scoreboard every other week. We've had nine goal kickers plus for the last four weeks now after not being able to get more than six goals total for a game for six weeks prior. Well, it's just, ins- yeah. it's just insane. And it's insane. I feel like as if we have shown in the past that we can do without a Charlie or without a Harry, um, probably mm. not for a, you know, a six, seven, eight game stretch, but you know, for a three, four, five game, I reckon I've seen us, you know, when Charlie's been out, obviously, for the two years and Harry was obviously standing up. And then, you know, when even when Harry was down last year, um, you know, I think that was the, the you know, that period, that period, bit of the period around eight to around 12 or something like that, where we're still, you know, going, going strong, um, you know, and we sort of, you know, may do without him. I just, it just depends on the way we're moving the ball. And I feel I, with the likes of Cunners and you've seen the likes of Fogg with the way they sort of have that composure and that mindset to be able to, you know, hit up targets and use hand before kicking the ball long. Um, you know, obviously with the players like Alira who intercept very, very well, um, you know, we we're able to go around them. So um, I have no doubt in my mind that the players and the coaching staff will be able to put in a, you know, a shift this week in order to be able to, you know, obviously combat West Coast pretty easily, but then Collingwood uh, more specifically the week after. I think it's pretty evident to see massive buy-in from every player at the moment or what we've seen over the last four four weeks. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty clear. So if you've got that, then I feel as though whoever steps in um, will be able to execute their role or what's required of them. Um, because again, there is the accountability now on the players to perform. Um, and there is clearly, or whether it's simplified or like I mentioned, whether there's buy-in or whether it's clearly defined, whatever it is, they're executing now. So there's a clear, there's a clear understanding of whoever needs to step into that role and fill that void of Harry, however it may be, they'll ne- they'll know what, what's expected. Yeah. Yeah. So- I think we get some stats. Is that a is that a calc? Yeah.
All right. So we're talking about buy-in. Uh, obviously, we had nine goals. I think Joe mentioned that um, obviously earlier in the show. Um, all nine goal uh, contributors. Now, we had Martin on nine disposals. He was our least. I'm sort of taking, obviously, out Mackay um, in this conversation because it was out pretty early on. Um, but they had six players underneath him, Port. So it just yep. goes to show how much, specifically like the forwards um, and half forwards are working up the ground to try to get involved and then obviously get back deep inside forward 50. And then off, off, off the back of that, um, in terms of score involvements, we're seeing it. Um, you know, they're all getting six, seven, eight, nine score involvements in terms of Fogarty, Martin, um, Cunners, etc. And off the back of that, you get points four. Okay, now this is a stat. Um, Joe obviously uh, mentioned this to me. Um, I think it was today. Was it today or early, early yesterday? No, oh, today. Sorry, yesterday. Today. Um, and it was prior to yesterday. Okay, so we are averaging 62 points against a top eight side opponent. All right, and yesterday we doubled it. Yep, huge. Um, and then I'm obviously sorry, on, top of that, on top of that, we've kicked, um, we've bet an opponent by 50 points or more the last four weeks and potentially against West Coast, who knows? So um, well, that, just goes to show that, that they are having a lot of buy-in. That stat there about 50 plus for four weeks straight, that is the first time in the history of this great football club or over 150 years that a Carlton side has had four consecutive wins of 50 plus points. And we brought that up yesterday against the second place side in this competition, who is arguably the most informed side, not even arguably, they were the most informed side in the comp going into that game yesterday, 13, 13 wins unbeaten. Now, you can say what you want. I've heard it all about Port yesterday. And they were good stats there, Jules, right? But you can say what you want. Yeah, they were missing Horn Francis. They're missing Dixon. They're missing fucking Quentin Narkle. I don't care. I really don't care. If you're not looking at that win objectively, the fact that we beat them by 50 and no one's been able to get close to them for 13 weeks is unbelievable. Yeah, it's massive. But, so so what? So they're, they're an SANFL side that's got Rosie, Butters, Wines, Marshall, Alia Alia, Boak, Miles Bergman, who's been spoken about as a potential fucking Houston. AA winger at points this year. Like Houston. Like, come on. It, it, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous to say... Oh, but yet you still haven't beaten anyone. We've just we haven't just proven that we can beat teams now. We just proved that we can not only beat second on the ladder, we put them to the fucking sword for four quarters. Four quarters, man. That's the convincing like, thing. It's gotta get you excited at this point. Can I ask you a question? Now I wasn't here for the first half of the year, obviously, in terms of when we were playing. Well, I'm not even too sure because I only saw it on TV. Yeah, I was watching it on TV when I was overseas. But was this the brand of football that you were seeing? Then, so, or is it more not as complete? Or not more as complete across the board. It wasn't this is, as this complete. Actually, hold on, I, I, I wanted to make a point on this. I've got this in my notes, and it's good that you've asked the Jules. So, let's take the Sydney game for instance, because everyone talks about that Sydney game last year is when we peaked, right? And you alluded to it before. We had one quarter. We put him to the sword in the second quarter, and we actually faded out for the last two. We only won by ten points, I think, that day, or fifteen points in the end. And we're up by almost forty going into halftime. We did it against. Port Adelaide last year, Hawthorne fade out, Bulldogs fade out. There was there wasn't a game in that ten weeks where we where we actually put a team away and put them to the sword. The reason why, the reason why, six weeks ago, okay, it was so frustrating to hear the calls for Voss needing to be sacked and we got to start again and this and that and blah blah blah. 
it's this is why it's so important to stay the course because what this team can now do is not only put the foot down, but they can control the game when it's not going all their way. You said this last week, Dan. You said, I want to see what they're like when they're under pressure. We were under pressure at different times yesterday, and they couldn't get a run on us because when we had the ball, we were able to slow the game down, get it back on our terms, put the foot down again, put the foot on the throat, and put another four goals on them. This is well, different, that's... Jules. This is very, yeah. very different. And that's we're the scoring thing. from defensive half. We're scoring from stoppage. We're scoring from turnover. We're scoring from kick-ins. We're scoring from every single angle on the park at the moment. It's ridiculous this turnaround. Ridiculous. But like I said, like I said last week, it's getting that one or two goals after they've kicked. It's the reply. Last mm. year we didn't see the reply. Teams will kick three. They'll kick four. They'll kick five, and then they'll be back in the game. Now, how many times do we see teams will kick one? Like we we piled on four or five goals. They kick one, we kick two. They kick one, we kick one. There's that reply that we're always looking for. But I'll tell you what's most impressive, boys, that I think is you look across every uh, amongst every player and there's an even contribution that everyone is making. Mm. We're looking at doing votes now the past three, four weeks, and it's been hard. It has actually been well, yeah. difficult to pick your three, two, one because there is an even contribution of every single player across across the board, and what mm. they are doing, not just from not just from an offensive perspective, but a defensive perspective as well. And that's what you want to see. That's a team. That's work rate, and that comes from winning. This confidence now that this side has is because we are winning games and we are executing. Okay, and now what it does is now teams come and play Carlton, and there's there's fear. There's fear yes. coming up. No, it is, and why? Because we're belting teams by fifty points. That sends a statement to the rest of the competition, and it gives you confidence in and amongst what you're doing. With and because again, if you if you don't execute and we don't win games, how can you have buy-in? Mm. You can't. Mm. You can't. And 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 Voss Voss has spoken about this. There's buy-in now. We didn't have buy-in early in the season from the group. That's that's been made very clear across three press conferences now. That buy-in wasn't there and they found that. The group's found that. And the fact that you've got 23 players that will go out every week and buy into the system, buy into the process, buy into what we're doing, forget about it. You, if you do that every week, it, it, we are going to be hard to stop. I don't care who we play. I really don't. It's second I don't and care third efforts. Second and third efforts, that, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's the work rate off the ball. It's the support that they're all giving each other. That's what we haven't seen. That's what we've been crying out to see. And that's been the difference. Yeah. Jules, you mentioned, Jack Martin before. you mentioned Jack Martin, nine disposals, yeah? The most impressive part of that is that he had seven score involvements. So that basically, so, that basically and this is, these are these cameos that we're getting, getting every week from players that, from like our bottom six and middle six players. Nine disposals for seven score involvements. That basically said every time he touched the footy, we scored. That's insane. So even though he was he was the lowest disposal getter for us on the park, it was effective. And that's not what we were getting in the early part of the season. We are getting junk possessions, 36 touches, 40 touches, and doing fuck all with it. Now it's an even spread. It's an even contribution. Everyone's getting their hand on the ball, and everyone's going forward with the footy with confidence to be able to score every time we propel. Yeah, even even with Voss, the way he said, like you know, the way he's conducting, you know, um, sorry, post match conferences now, um, 
you know, he was happy with the, for the boys, obviously for the win, but, you know, he wasn't happy with the 62, you know, forward entries that, you know, Port had, you know, so he's obviously, you know, not complacent and still, you know, Old trying standards. to focus on. Yeah, of course, of course, obviously holding standards and, um, you know, always got to make sure that we're always constantly improving, even though we actually still are winning by 50 points. Um, there's still yeah. ongoing improvement that needs to be made because we're not really, we're not, we're not there yet. Mm. Um. Marty Sugiata just asked, does anyone have a smother count? I think in the third quarter, we had recorded 14 smothers for the day. Uh, sorry, in the fourth quarter. About midway through the fourth quarter, it was 14. So I don't know if it increased after that, but 14 smothers is huge. Like you know, And we're, we're recording tackle after tackle now every week after recording 33 or whatever it was against Essendon. Like, this turnaround is just ridiculous. It, like, if, if after that Essendon game, anyone had a said to any of us, You'll be fine in six weeks. You'll be smelling the roses. You're going to be four wins on the trot. You would have beaten Port. You'll be five wins on the trot going into Collingwood, likely against West Coast next week. No way any of us would have gone, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like the, the, it's just polar opposites. Polar opposites to what we saw six weeks ago. I know we're going to talk about this later, but it's just going on from what Jules said about, because I wanted to talk about Voss's presser, okay? Yep. And I'm glad that Jules did bring it up because – Voss, when he said to me that he still wasn't happy with elements and he called him out what he wasn't happy with. Going into West Coast, we cannot see this as a resting players type game. This is a foot on throat momentum. We need to keep building this momentum going into the filth. That's that's plain. And I remember someone saying like, oh, we can probably rest a few players. That's not what we're looking to do. Nothing changes. Nothing changes about the way we go about footy. Nothing changes about selection. We have to continue that now week in, week out. doesn't matter who you play. Pretend mm. it's first. Pretend you're playing first on the ladder every single game. Yeah, no, I agree. Why agree. would you not? Why would you not, though? Yeah, I, because you have you just, to. And you, next... You're succumbing to the standards that we were before. Honestly, yeah. Next week, next week, you know, you don't want to take next week for granted and then come out of that with a loss after after doing all of this hard work. Like it needs to be the same pressure, it needs to be the same intensity, it needs to be the same brutal football that we've seen for the last four weeks. And we've got to come out. If I don't see, I'll be pissed off. I will. Oh, I I think I think I think a lot of us will. Um, want to talk about a couple of players because as much of a team effort as it was yesterday. And as much as, as of, of a team effort as what we've seen the last four weeks to up the pressure and up the intensity and whatnot, yesterday was a day of cameos, genuine cameo performances. And we'll start with, I want to start with Jesse Motlop because this guy wasn't even in the side up until 10 minutes before the game, didn't even warm up, right? Comes in for Owies, calf tightness. Proves to be not just impactful, but I would... I would dare say when the game was there to be won in that second quarter, when it was that arm wrestle, match winner, genuine match winner. And I'll tell you what, Jesse Motlop's been a player on this podcast that we've called out a little bit across the last 10 weeks, right? This is the importance. This is the importance of what we spoke about earlier in the year, selection integrity, okay? And dropping players that need to be dropped based on form. We're not saying that you're shit and that you're never going to get back into the side. But if you're out of touch, go find your form, go find the footy, go snag some goals in the twos, and come back in and have impact. Because I'll tell you now, Jesse Motlop wouldn't have done what he did yesterday if he'd played 18 games to this point, just motoring, yeah. just walking and around. The thing is, yeah, I, I, I won't lose my spot. Yeah, his ability to get into the right spots was incredible on on um, 
on the during the game yesterday. Like, you know, pretty much all his but goals it, it were wasn't even that. a tap or a crumb. He wasn't or... selfish. He wasn't selfish, which is what we saw at times. He was a selfish footballer mm. at times in that first 10 weeks. We spoke about it, trying to take hangers when he should have stayed front and center. He stayed front and center two, three times yesterday and kicked three goals from it. Did what he needed to do. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Selection, integrity, yeah, and upholding from... standards. Yeah, but that comes from attitude as well. Sure. Because when you get dropped, it's very easy to then get dropped and go, well, why am I here? I shouldn't be here. I'm too good. So you give credit to Motlop with his attitude to obviously sure. do what he needs to do in the twos, get selected, kick four. Correct. That goal, that goal, that one of those goals was just off its head. Oh, the, the check side on check the run and the, one, check side. and the one where, the one where he sold candy and went back and, oh. and check side again, just ridiculous. Listen, ridiculous. Listen, another player, boys, I think we need to put our hand up because we did hammer him a fair bit and he is now all in our votes, I'm pretty sure, is Jasos. Jasos. Probably his best because game. He played, that was the best game that I've ever seen him play. Ever, hands down. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the um, the scoreboard, and I think it only had like one hit out or two hit outs to advantage or something like that. Yeah, so I think that was. I think you called it, Joe. Um, yeah. It was probably during the third, fourth quarter. But just the way he competes, and um, you know, obviously gets around the ground. He joins in. He's got you know his second and third efforts are always high. But then now he's obviously kicking. You know, what did he kick? Four goals. Um, you know, on top of that, he laid four tackles. Um, you know, had what eight contested possessions. Um, he had eleven score involvements as well. Yeah. Um, just you know, a t- sixteen pressure acts. Just had a genuine all round game. This might be this might be me, just because I'm Jade. But isn't there a way, and the way the boys are even celebrating that there's a bit more. Oh, yeah. There's a bit more this. There's a bit more mm. passion. There's a bit more hunger. Like, mm. and I, again, I might be reading into heaps here, but seeing yeah. JSOS literally go to the like row one and get that jumper and do this. And then like, there's something about the aura of the boys and the club that we're there's genuinely belief. back in a big way. There's belief. That, that, is, that, all, that is belief within the group that, that they're playing for something that is bigger than themselves. They're playing for the club. They're playing for us. They're playing for their coaches. They're playing for everyone. First 16 no. weeks, first 14 weeks, it was about them. It, it felt like it was about them. And the pressure was about them. What's well, changed? It's not. It's the, the because they value winning. They value they winning. And they understand that the, a football club is built around premierships, plain and simple. Yep. It's not built around anything else bar winning football games and winning premierships. And the mm. boys get it. Look, on, because on what Sylvania we've been seeing prior to that has been completely off. That that has not been the case. You can't. You, no one can tell me that it has. There's been a shift in the mindset. Jules's dad, Silvio, is going to like this because he's been waiting for, to hear this from me for a long time. But look, know, look watching the the what you said there, Jules, about effort. Right from JSOS, he's always brought that. Right, that's been that's that's that. And but the, the thing is, with effort, that should be a non negotiable. So you shouldn't hang your hat on effort. What Correct. he's done the last four weeks is impact, right? He's impacted the game. He's been <clears throat> BOG, number one rated player on the ground against uh Hawthorne, 
and now number one player, number one rated player on the ground against Port Adelaide. So three of the last, two of the last three games, he's been the best player by impact on the ground. That is something that he lost in the first half of this year. JSOS has been massive. He's been our most important player in the last three weeks, no doubt in my mind. And what he did yesterday was fantastic to see. Like we need that every week from him, not just effort, but impact. So if you can bring that the next six weeks, he's going to be hard to stop in that ruck role because that's what he's going to be playing. Yeah. He's going to be playing that pinch yeah. hit fifth midfielder role. Now, on that, on that, in terms of other players in the circle as well. In terms of, hold on, hold on, in terms of, hold on, hold on, in terms of like six weeks ago when we're talking about because anyone that's watched this podcast knows that we've hammered players this year, right, at, at various times and different players. Okay. Paul Sebastiani said something on Twitter tonight that resonated really well. When you when you're down, it's okay. It's actually okay to hammer and be and and not be content and not sit on your hands. When you're up, it's okay to celebrate. It really is. You don't have to be. You don't have to. You know, get on your high horse around. I never jumped off. I was always positive. Right. Everyone was frustrated six weeks ago after Essendon, and if you're saying you weren't, you, you're lying to yourself. And all I'm saying is this, the fact that we're up and about now, we should be celebrating and we should be celebrating these players, these coaches and this club. When it's bad, it's okay to put the hammer down because you're, you're trying to uphold standards as a supporter. You're trying to hold Thank the club you. accountable. Now, now get the fuck around them, man. Get around them. This is, this, this is it. If we want to make a run, it is there. We're two points outside the eight boys. Two points with six games to go. It's there. It's not like we're chasing to, to be fighting for a final spot. We're now chasing to be like fifth. We're, we're, we're two points off fifth for fuck's sake or whatever it is. It's there. Get around the club now. That's all I wanted to say on that. Go, Jules. Yeah, 100%, Joe. But, you know, another player that we sort of, you know, for the first, what, 12 or so rounds was sort of in the dumps. Not in the dumps. I mean, he was still performing, but probably not to the best um, that he'd done previously, especially last year off the back of winning a Brownlow. But Cripps, you know, he had 24 touches, um, obviously kicked the goal, probably could have kicked more, to be honest with you. Um, but this is what I love. 12 contested. I think he had seven tackles He's in and my 10 vote. clearances. You know, like that, that's that's him. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need 30 plus. He just needs to make sure he's winning the ball, make sure he's physical, make sure he brings... Um, that kind of physicality and, you know, leave from the front. And he definitely did, especially in the I, second half. That's right. I'll tell you why, mm. and I know I'm skipping, but I'll tell you why I put him in my votes. Because we did, we were losing at the source. We're losing the center. And in the, in the last quarter in particular, there was one guy that helped even up that contest. And now you look at mm. statistics and you can see, Stoppage clearances, center clearances were pretty much even. I think it was one or two. At one stage, mm. I thought, well, I think we're maybe six to eight down. Cripper absolutely dominated in there to even up, to even it up. Dominated. And for me, that's a that's what you expect from a captain. That type Agreed. of impact. That yeah. that type of impact yeah. is what I look for. He's he's he set the tone in the fourth quarter, first bounce. And it looked like Port were actually going to win that clearance, Butters. And Cripps laid this tackle that he had no yep. right to lay, holding the ball dead to rights, dead center of the ground. And instead of the ball going inside 50 to Port and potentially getting the first goal of the last and giving him a sniff, went inside 50 our way and were able to control the game. Now, yeah. 
Cripps at the moment, the last four weeks, I don't know what has happened since the Essendon game. He's become a really, really smart footballer. I don't know if you boys have been watching him outside of clearances, but when he's got the ball in space, he's not trying to do too much with it anymore. No. He sees the target and he's hitting targets, man. He went at 100% in the first quarter. Patrick Cripps went at 100% in the first quarter, and I think five of them were kicks. In what world? Yeah. Like, yeah in what world? Well, he hit one on his left. He hit one on his on left his on left. the wing and hit out Charlie like like it was nothing. Well, yeah, I know. I, I saw is, that before. This is this is yeah. this is this is good. This is really yeah. really good to see from Cripper. Really yeah. good to see. I mean, it's not the back of confidence yet, but like you know, you speak about moments, and it's not just Cripps, but it just feels like as if every single player now, when they know it's their turn, they go and will win moments. You know, like even yeah. Port, they had their moments. You know, they didn't execute. We did. And that was the big emphasis, particularly on the game. I think, obviously, like I mentioned, they had 62 inside 50s. We had 59. Um, we were just more efficient and prolific. Um, and obviously, you know, which got us the game in the end. You want to, because we're just, we're blowing at the moment. Yeah. You want to blow another player? Because I heard, I heard chance of Charlie, Charlie, and it was great. Yeah. How good was it? Start doing about, start. I want to hear one saying Newey. Newey, Newey, Newey. Someone get it going. Cheer squad, or I don't know if you're listening, because this guy here is the most underrated player in our list because he his impact and what he does. Talk about utility, but this guy, ball in hand, clean as. Yeah. By foot clean. Defensively, unbelievable. Is he is and week in, week out, you can rely on him. New new is fantastic. I think you'll go. Joe, I know you. I know you want to cover something about about him. Well, I think uh, I think Newman will be close to top three in our BNF come end of the year. Just quickly, Ur again with another fifteen dollar donation. Thank you very much, mate. Ur says the flag is ours this year, and I hope he's fucking right. I tell you, hey, who knows? You know, you just keep winning games from here. That's it. That's all it is. You just go week by week and you win games. Um, yes, Newman. Uh, I, I do. I've got him in my votes. I thought yesterday he was he was fantastic, and he's he's that type of player that probably doesn't get the credits each week, um, but he should because you just know what you're going to get from him. You you really do. Um, he played a different role yesterday. Played a really different role, and it's good that you bring it up. So he was a defender first and foremost, and he was roaming the back half, but he pushed up to, in, into stoppages straight off the off the center bounce. He was there. He was like our, our fifth or sixth midfielder. Um if you look at his heat map on the AFL app, he's he it is red, center circle red is where he spent most of his time. So a couple of things on that. One, it shows his versatility. And I think it's brilliant that we've got someone like that on our list that we can just rely on every single week. For him to kick that goal, I thought it was reward for effort all day because he just he just plugged away. Like plugged away. He was he was where we needed him to be at all times and he was executing at every single moment that we needed him to execute. But in addition to that, this is where, like I said before, you give credit to the players, you need to give credit to the coaches and you need to give credit to Voss. And even if, even if you were a, 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 a hater, six weeks ago. I don't care where you sat. There are a lot of people that have said Voss doesn't have tactical now and doesn't throw the magnets around. Have a look at Nick Newman yesterday and, and the role that he was asked to play. And you tell me, you tell me in your right mind, if you ever would have thought that Nick Newman could be a midfielder, you tell me. Because he did it from, from the get go as that six midfielder. So you give credit to the coaching department there for being able to, to for being able to go, you know what? We're probably short without Kennedy now. We need someone that can just burst through and bustle through and just and work hard. Nick Newman's got that capacity to do it. 
go and execute. And he laid nine tackles, boys. Nine tackles for us. And spent the majority nine, of the time he right like in nine the of the ground. He had I nine score involvements as well. Yeah, huge. Yeah. I know you were talking about heat maps, though. <clears throat> you reckon Newman's heat map was impressive? Obviously, you know, because being through the midfield. Do you know who else's heat map was real impressive? Blake Akers. Yep. Seen it. Fuck, he got around. He was read legitimately across the whole park. Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Heat map red. I, what he was able to do, particularly with ball in hand, um, sorry, not with ball in hands, um, without the ball, just in terms of intercepts, he was incredible. Um, he was able to get a fist in. He was able to get um, his hands to the ball, mark the ball. Um, and even with his disposal, hitting up targets through the center of the grounds and get us through the corridor, um, he's some player. Um, obviously, being a natural wingman obviously helps. Um, you know, he able he's naturally keeps his width, which enables which enables our game to sort of you know go from side to side to be able to go through this through the corridor and opens up gaps. Um, he was a player, and he's gone from leaps and bounds, particularly from the start of the season. Yeah, he has. He has. It's a good shout. <clears throat> the other thing I want to I want to say. Going back to the tactical approach to the game yesterday, Voss did his homework, and he knows Port better than anyone else, but he did his homework. Tom Jonas came in for the first time. That's their captain for eight weeks. Eight weeks off he's had at senior level, came in, and I'll tell you what, go watch the replay, and and if you get time, watch the replay I'm staying in full, and just keep your eye on what we did with Tom Jonas because we exposed him all day. We knew that he was out of, that he would be out of touch. We knew that one on one he'd be a liability, and we made sure that we put him in one on one positions as much as possible in that yep. first half. And he was gassed; he was blowing. So again, tactical now. The last four weeks, it's been there. I thought the other the other one was Charlie, especially after Harry went down. I thought he did a brilliant job of taking Lear out of the game. Um, he made sure he was higher up the park. Charlie kind of sacrificed his game in that first half in terms of kicking goals to make sure that Aaliyah was out of, of, of his defensive 50, um, higher up the ground so that we could open up the forward line and have someone like, you know, Cunners or Cotters getting in behind and being able to take those marks that they took and um, and get in on goal. So, you know, the, the tactics were there yesterday. It wasn't just, it wasn't, this wasn't just down to the players. You go back and analyze that game and it, it was one of the better performances all around from players and coaches holistically that we've probably seen. And you, and you know what? Gary Lyon summed it up perfectly. We're probably going to move on soon from the review. I, you boys can finish off after this. But he summed it up perfectly in the replay. It was when I think Motlop kicked his third or fourth in the second. And the quote from Gary Lyon was, this is ridiculously simple and unbelievably effective. And that's what it was. It was a simple game and it was an impactful game from absolutely everyone. Everyone. Mm-hmm. It's surprising ridiculously how... Ridiculously simple and simple. unbelievably effective you can do things and how easy it is to make something work. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. When you get buy-in, when you get buy-in across all levels, no shit, it's going to work. Yeah, but it's understanding, it's also understanding your limitations and playing within that as well. Because you got to understand each and every player and what they can actually execute and then mold a game plan and a system around that. If you play outside of what you're capable of, then that's when you see fault, yeah? yeah? So we've simplified a game plan now to be able to execute that, like we'd seen. But now, obviously, we're doing that over four quarters, boys. So um, to finish, just quickly, we talk about efficiency going inside 450. David Cunningham, take a bow, please. Take a really good bow. Jules, I actually, how's this? 
I actually want you to go through this, please, because he's a player that you you looked at yeah. me. There was a passenger player on the wing, kind of burst the pack, and he hit this bullet inside 450. And you looked at me and you go, sign this guy up now. Jules, yeah. Jules I, with, with Cunningham, with Cunningham, Jules has got like love eyes at the moment. Yeah, like, proper. proper yeah, that's eyes. why I wanted yeah, to take a bit. No, nah, look, the, the reason why, um, and I, I mean, he's unbelievably skillful, but it's more so his positioning in a defensive, well, whether it be in, in defensive mode or offensive mode, he's always in the right position to cater for both, um, whether it's to receive the ball um, off a turnover, um, or whether it's to apply pressure um, when it, when the player that his direct opponent is um, gets close to it. So, um, yeah, it's more so just his mindset and ability to get in the right spots um, to receive the ball in order to, you know, use his foot skills like you saw, um, obviously, yesterday and over the course of the last three, four, week, four weeks. So, um, you know, and, and on top of that, he's hitting the scoreboard as well, boys. So, um, a little bit. And it also adds a little bit of a, you know, another dimension into our midfield. He's been playing through the center square a little bit as well. So um, it changes dynamics and obviously helps the coaches in in order to be able to have a few boys run through there. Um, Definitely helps and it gives oppositions more headaches. Um, He's such a football, he's a fuss, such a football head. Um, He's kind of, you can definitely tell. He's a footballer. He's a footballer. Um, I think we've done well to review that without um, getting too ahead of ourselves. Uh, before we get into Blue's Cues, might hit this little sting. Keep calm. Count to ten. One, two, three, eight, nine, ten. Not happy, Jen! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I am, but I'm not about something. You know I'm not, what I'm not happy about? Virgin... Airlines, mm. you boys don't even know this, but you know why. I now, do, don't you? I do. Yep, we were very excited pre game because it's very, very rare that Livy comes down to see the Blues, and when she does, she's that excited. It's she calls me, she messages, she says, Dan, can't wait to come to the game. They had it all prepped, they were literally going to do a Ujules, they're going to go straight from the airport to the game to meet us. Mm. We're going to have seats saved. Get a phone call saying they missed their flight. Yeah. You want to know why they missed their flight? Virgin Airlines changed the gate. Now in Hobart, the gates, it's, it's relatively easy to get around. Okay. But for two young girls, put an announcement out. Virgin, go, You've changed the gate. You're obviously missing two passengers and you know, go and run. It's not actually not a long, it's actually not a long terminal. Go and run down and yell their names out. So they make the flight. <laughs> Virgin Airlines, nah, Virgin Airlines sorted out and I expect free fare for those two to a Carlton game in 2023. It's 2023, yeah. They were a sponsor, weren't uh, they? No, I like that. They're, 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 they are our sponsor, oh, yeah. I think. They're still our sponsor. Are they our sponsor? Yeah. Sort it out. Uh, yeah. Sort it out because I'm not happy. Might send that into the club, that one, because that's that's terrible. That's terrible. Nah, that, that hurt Livy because Livy wanted to be there. 
She really like yeah. they both did, you know. So um, that's 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 what I'm not happy about this week, boys. I like it. All right, we're going to hear from Livy and Livy's last word a little bit later. All right, Blues Cues. Now, if you're watching live, leave your questions for us. We'll try and get to you. Um, and the Blues Cues this week on the Instagram, they're, they're all comments. So I'm just going to roll through these. There's no questions. It was just the, the way that I put it was leave your Blues Cues and any general lid blowing. And uh, there's, a lot of lid, <laughs> there's a lot of lid blowing. So uh, Anthony Lucci, Dan, take that fucking beanie off. Lockie McKinnon. Uh, our list has depth now. Crazy stuff. Lid blown. Uh, old dark blues. We're going to win 13 on the trot to the grand final. MGM Cup, the Baggers, Anthony Villalo. Well, a great, great win. I love this club. Harry Brick. Uh, Chera and Gov got subbed out in the last. I assume just rest. I think it was. Um, Shannon Gore, lid is off. Um, Jim Aggio, who I think is watching live. No question. Just validation for Joe, who went off his nut last week. And it was validation. I fucking told you it happened. And here we are. And I'll tell you, in two weeks' time against Collingwood, we're going to fucking spank them too. And I'll say that now before we even play West Coast. Uh, Silvio Cassano, Jules' dad. Uh, did Cripps play? Asking for a friend. I don't know what game he was watching. I think he watches I think he watches replays, Jules, of Stephen Silvani instead of the actual <laughs> Silvani these days. Uh, Jordan Young, lid's being blown off into Port Phillip Bay, up the baggers. <laughs> Gez in next, pants are loosening up. Very good. Rafe Cakes, burn the beanies, boys. Uh, Yappa 93, we're coming for the lot. There's just, there's a lot here. Zenob, Collingwood versus Carlton game is going to be huge. Can't wait. I can say the lid's now off. I'll see you all next week. Um, yeah, just a lot of blowing. A lot of blowing. Uh, all right. Now I don't know if there's any if there's anything in here uh, in the live chat that you want us to answer. There's not really too many questions to be honest because you can't take too many questions out of a game like that. Hey, how was it that pre-game we all we all got there? We're having a laugh, and Jules goes. Jules turns around. And he goes, "Imagine we just win by like 50. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I just say things and it happens, boys. Uh, uh, Lockie McKinnon's got one here. Thoughts on Dow? Dan, you can take that one if you want. Uh, I, I saw actually people leave a few comments about um, that he had a solid game. Personally, again, I'm I'm in the camp that there's no spot for Dow in, and he's actually one of my outs. But I just uh, his ball use is poor. I know he got in under a bit, um, got a few touches here and there, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if you boys disagree. I'm free. Feel free to jump in, but I just understand. I'm at a standpoint where players like him just they don't have a spot in the team. Um, harsh. Oh, I mean, I don't see him. Yeah, I don't see him getting in um, to the 22 um, anytime soon, unless obviously there's quite a few injuries. Um, yeah. Postseason, not too sure what happens with him. Um, yeah, but I don't see him getting in. I don't think he's shown enough um, at AFL level uh, just yet. Um, you know, I think obviously he's sub when he when he was sub a couple of weeks ago um, before he got concussed um, in the VFL. He done okay, um, but yet again, like he hasn't really shown enough. It's okay for him to be just a really good VFL player. It's okay. Mm. Depth and player. I mean, you I'll need depth why, players, right? But I'll tell you why 
and Gavin here, like I get it, like his disposal efficiency was 53, but I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at passages of play where his work rate wasn't up to standard. I'm looking at a tackle that was easily shrugged off. That's things that mm. for me, we can't carry that. Yeah. Mm. Well, not when his output is what it is. Correct. So, Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not fun. like, for it's... example, you know, he's you know, hitting cut targets 80-something percent. He has mm. run, dash, dare, kicks a goal, he, he has, you know, six, seven, eight score involvements. But, yeah, if he's not doing defensive stuff and he's, you know, other stuff's not really elite either, then, you know, so be it. We're talking about the simple things and that's not being executed from that side of the And we can't carry liabilities like that. It's funny to listen to this conversation because I reckon eight weeks ago when everyone, me included, a couple of us included, were going, why is Dow not getting a game? It doesn't make sense. And screaming for him to get a game. And he came in for the Melbourne game. And remember he hit that kick to Harry inside forward 50. Everyone's going, this is, this is, he's executing. His, dispo- his disposal efficiency is better than most in this team and he's executing. And then now you're having a chat around, you don't care about his disposal efficiency. It's about effort. And it's just, it's very, very interesting to see how the conversations change throughout the year where we thought it was so important to make sure that we execute and play perfect footy versus now where it's, no, no, we just need to be brutal. And you got to bring effort each week. If you're not bringing effort each week, you're going to be dropped. It's just it's it's very interesting to you. Very interesting. It's because everyone's um, starting to realize that that's a, that's a, that is a non-negotiable because course, people are using effort and work rate as yeah. their reason as to what it's that's that is a non-negotiable as part of what every team should bring. And when did he come in? It was like what just past the first quarter. Yeah. So he basically had a full game, and he didn't lay a tackle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There you go. So so. Hey, there's a reason that players don't get picked and there's a reason that players get dropped. And as much as we think we're armchair experts, most of the time we're not. And we've got no idea yeah. what we're talking about. And that is a classic example. Tim Wilkes asks, is the narrow range in disposals between our lowest and highest new KPI that we should track to measure teamwork? I like that. I'm not even going to answer that question. I'm just going to say I like that. It's good. Um, and there's a couple of people asking about who's coming in for Mackay and Boyd. We'll talk about that when we get to the preview. Um, votes quickly, boys, and then we'll get into the preview. Let me get the graphic somewhere here. There we go. You two have the same, so one of one of you take it. Oh, I just think it was pretty easy. I think Mott's one vote, obviously coming in late, um, obviously with always going out in the warm-up with a tight calf, um, apparently. Um, obviously, the four goals he's spoken about him, pretty much already. I think he had like five or six score involvements as well. Um, you know, really got us going in the second quarter when we sort of needed it with Port sort of coming as well. Um, Cripps, second half was elite. Um, really got us going again. Real captain's performance, obviously, in terms of his clearance work, his physicality, his tackling. Um, like I said, we've already spoken about it. And then JSOS just having his best best game for the club, um, obviously, with, off the back of four goals as well. Um, and he got us going real early as well. Um, got a few goals off, like through crumbing, um, you know, t- took a few good contested marks. Um, and, you know, I know I said that he didn't really do much in the ruck in terms of hit outs, but, but boy, did he get around the ground and competed at ground level um, in regards to his second and third efforts. So, um, yeah, hats off to, to JSOS. Obviously, in terms of the last, you know, probably not the last three, four weeks, but, you know, the weeks prior to that, everyone really having a red red hot crack at him. And, um, you know, obviously he's proven those um, plaudits wrong. 
Yeah, I didn't know whether to have Jesse Motlop for two or one because I thought that, honestly, that 10-minute patch that he had in the second quarter won us the game. That's that, that's where we built our margin. He just had 10 minutes of fucking madness. Like, it was just it, that the, the, the crowd, the noise from those Motlop goals and the energy that, that the place had during that 10 minutes was insane. Like it was just, it was chaotic. It was, it was just, it was everything. It was everything I wanted from Marvel and Jesse brought it to us. And I thought he, he was actually our match winner on the day, probably outside of JSOS, but I had Newman in there. I said why before, um, I think well-deserved and he, he does it week in, week out. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty straightforward votes this week. So uh, a couple of people asking how we couldn't get Charlie in. I don't know, for me, kick three goals, three. If it was five goals, one, he's probably, you know, two, three votes, but. You've got to execute as key forward when you know we've we've hammered Harry for this all year. Charlie was brilliant, took eleven marks, did what he needed to do with Leah. But you know, if it's three goals, three in a tighter game, and we lose by two points, you're going there's three behinds. You know, so high standards for for elite players. Uh, almost Blues Brothers MVP tally for 2023. Not much shuffle in the leaderboard this week. Cripps up to third with 25 votes, but Chera still out way in front and will win everything for us this year. Okay, and a salami. We are going to give him a salami at open training. <laughs> All right, Livy's last word. Hey, everybody, it's Livy with Livy's last words, and this is what I thought of the game. Well, first thing, we made Port Adelaide look absolutely horrible. We broke their streak, we smashed them, and we just absolutely dominated them. They were, I was actually so surprised. Honestly, I was so nervous for the game, and I honestly thought we were going to lose, and we we smashed them. I was so happy. I was in that first quarter of the end, I'm like, oh, Mackay, but Jesse, Jesse, Moddy. More, um, shout out to Moddy, absolutely amazing. Applying the pressure up forward was amazing. He had four goals in the first quarter. That is just mind-blowing. And Silvani, shout out to you as well. You played good. Four goals, personal record. Proud of you, Sauce. But Krupa, they, I'm saying, they all played so good in their roles. It was amazing to watch. You know, I wasn't worried about a thing. Excited, getting out of my chair, pumped. And I was spewing. I wasn't at the game. I could have been there if it wasn't for the stupid Virgin Airline. I'll talk about that later. But the older boys played such well in their positions. And I'm just so happy that we got to beat them. Four or three? Oh. We've had a couple wins in a row. We're coming back, boys. We're coming back. We're coming back. I'm so proud of the boys. I'm absolutely pumped. And Cripper, Newman, Blake Akers. Akers is just mind-blowing me at the moment. Hewitt. Oh, Walshy. Chera. We all played amazing. Weeders. Saad. Oh, I'm just absolutely mind-blown about the play. Honestly, why? Why, Colton? Why didn't we play like this? Why didn't we play like this before? But anyways, that's what I thought about the amazing, absolutely amazing pumped game. Go the Blues! 
And what a surprise. <laughs> Look at this. Hi, everybody. In the house. How are you, Livy? What's going Good. on? Look at this. Now, Livy, I want to say, first off, you've been you've been part of this podcast. I, we, we're coming up to 100 episodes next week. I don't know if you know that. But I, you've been part of this podcast, I think, I think, for between – I reckon 60 to 70 of those episodes at this point. I, I yeah. believe it's about that long. So like I'm going to say to these boys next week, well done. Well done for, for doing this each week. And we really appreciate it. And everyone listening really appreciates it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's just absolutely amazing. What happened with the plane? Well, we came there on time thinking we're going to Melbourne. But all of a sudden... My mum went up to the counter and they're like, sorry, we are, they already left. And they're like, and the <laughs> lady was like, we called your name like at least two times. And they didn't call our name once. So we went through all the calls and everything, trying to book another ticket. And luckily they gave us some free tickets today. But I am spewing. We missed out on the game. You missed the game. I know. I was disappointed. But you'll see West Coast. We're all yeah. disappointed. Oh, you are, you're staying for the week, are you? Yeah. Good. Awesome. Should have a good win against West Coast. What do you reckon? Yes. Surely win that. Well, it's you're joining us to preview West Coast, which is good. There's a few comments here, Livy. One, Anthony thinks that we should replace me with you and that you host the show from now on. So we might have to do that. <laughs> what do you reckon? John Holden. Yeah, that's right. John Holden says you're the star of the show. Tim, Livy's my favourite segment each week. Fantastic insights. Uh, Marty has said that a couple of times you've almost dropped the F-bomb, so just be careful. Late 360 feedback from Mopey says, Joe out, Livy in. So maybe this is my last show. I think you're going to start as the host from next week. Can you do it, Livy? Reckon you can do it? I could do it. I could do it. She's got it in I reckon she does too. Uh, it's good to have you with us, Livy. It's it is. It's been a while since you've been on the show live. I think you've done this once. Is that right so far? Yeah, I've done it once. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to see you. Uh, now let's preview. Let's preview West Coast. You ready to go? Yep. And if you if you're watching live and you've got any questions for Livy, this is the time to ask her. She can answer you live. So uh, yep. yeah, let's get into it, boys. And Livy, next Saturday, two ten, Marvel Stadium, round nineteen. West Coast Eagles. Now, I don't want to say it's a formality, but if we play the way we're playing, it should be more than a formality. It should be a 100-point win is what I'm thinking. It's going to be a party, boys. I think this could be a party. This could be some record-breaking stuff, I feel. We, we, but not if we play. We need to play. I, I mentioned it before about not losing momentum and, and, and dropping our standards, and I think we need to bring it all um, – Come Saturday at two ten, yeah, Joe. Yep, Jules. Yeah, I, I just reckon it's a bound down to our performance. Like, if we just perform the way we've been doing over the last four weeks, um, I'm telling you now, Saturday could be anything. Um, you know, so yeah, I think they put up you know some sort of effort against Richmond. Um, you know, I think it was the final score was only an hour or so ago. I think they lost by thirty eight. Um, you know, uh, down down in Perth, but, um, you know, obviously they come down to Melbourne um, this time and, you know, they don't really travel too well at the best of times, um, you know, and, you know, obviously they're very depleted. I think they've got a few back, but um, it should be a pretty, pretty, pretty good win uh, next Saturday. And um, that's what we're expecting we, um, come then. 
I mean, we can't we can't take it for granted. We do need to. We still do need to show up. I watched them a little bit tonight against Richmond. They fell asleep for like ten minutes, and Richmond put six goals on them, and that was basically the game. But outside of that, they looked a lot more competitive than what they have been for the majority of the season. So they're going to bring it. They're going to bring some effort. They, they don't, you know, still proud football club, and we just got to make sure that we we put the clamps yeah. on straight away. And we need to keep this momentum going for the week after. That's where my head's at. Is we need to we need to put the foot down and keep that momentum going into Collingwood if we've got any chance. Um, John Holden Livy has asked who who's your favourite player at the moment because you you mentioned a lot of names every week, but we can't work out who your actual favourite player is. Well, I have to say, it's a hard one. Jesse Mortlock. I love Jesse Mortlock. He's just <laughs> well, or Sam Walsh. Yeah. Or it's a safe one. I thought I thought but you were gonna say your one. Who's your all time favorite? Eddie Betts. Yeah, of course. And okay. Eddie Betts. Yeah, that's good. And uh Marty's asked, have you have you blown the lid off yet, Libby, for finals? Do you know what that means? Do you know what they're saying by that? No. <laughs> have, you, have you are you just have you just exploded? Are you, do you think we're gonna play finals? Um, there's a chance, definitely. I reckon okay. we could. I reckon we could. She hasn't blown it off. No. Yeah, she hasn't blown it off. Um, Lockie McKinnon has said, Libby, we spoke about this before. Um, are you going to go for Tassie and drop Carlton when the Tassie team comes? Not in a million years. <laughs> no, no way. No way. <laughs> it's good. I like that. There's, there's another couple here for you, Libby. I want to get through this. Uh. Eddie asks, what do you think of Dan and Jules' beanies? They're good. I mean, <laughs> they look it's fashion, yeah. <laughs> and Footy Sisters, the last one here. Who's your favorite Almost Blues Brothers host, Livy? And if you want to be back on this show, make sure you say the right name. <laughs> well, I have to say all of you. Oh, that's a, that's a good answer. That's a good well, answer. No, 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 that's good. We'll leave it there. It's a good answer. Um, Livy, what do you think about the game next week? What what do you what do you want to say? Um, I hope we put on a show. I hope we absolutely smash them. Because if we don't, I'm actually nervous. But You're nervous? I shouldn't be. Yeah. I'm always no, nervous. I don't, I don't think it's we're going nervous. I can, yeah, we'll win. we'll win. Do you think we'll be all right without Harry? Livy? Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> we'll get into, we're going to get into some ins and outs, and I'll get your thoughts on the ins and outs as well, Livy. Oh, I'm just covering your face there. I might remove that. You've Everyone's seen those ins and outs now. Dan and Jules, you've got Owies and Bins coming in for Mackay and Dow. Now, obviously, Jordan Boyd as well is now likely going to be suspended. I don't think he gets off that tribunal charge. Um, I had the same. I had always in bins, and I'm thinking, well, I'll, I'll get your thoughts, Livy. If Jordan Boyd's out, who comes into the defence to cover for him? We've got Marchbank, no. Cowan, Hollands. There's a few to choose from. Hollands, definitely. Okay. I saw and would you play him in defence, or would you push Doc Doherty back? I'd play him. Oh, well, I'd play him defence. He's, he's all right. I mean... Boys, what have you got for Boyd? Because likely not to get off this tackling charge. It doesn't look like. Burn Jones was suspended. So 
uh, not suspended. Burn Jones was concussed. So that's gone straight to the tribunal. I think this has actually got two weeks written all over it, to be honest, which is going to be a bit harsh on Boyd. Um, but yeah, what thoughts? I feel like, well, I feel like you've hit the nail on the head with, because you sort of want to go, because Boyd's ball use has been, again, a clear standout of what he's been able to produce. So I think you need to look to go sort of like for like. Um, and by doing that, I think you need to put Doc back, get um, uh, Hollands on a wing. I think that might be, you know what you're going to get with Hollands as well. Um, and you know what role he's going to play. Um, mm. I know people are saying Cowan there. Uh, I just think you, we need to keep that, the, the ball use going out and exiting D50 from what Boyd's offered. And I think doing that move there is going to probably be the right call. Mm. Jules? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I reckon I'm leaning towards um, towards that. Another option could be to have Marchbank come in. Um, his ball use is usually pretty good. Um, and then it also allows Marchbank to maybe take the second or third and then McGovern um, to get off the leash in terms of mm. his ball movement and his legs so, um, and his foot skills because you know he's got it in abundance as well. So, um, yeah, I think there's got a couple of options that Voss could, um, could take into consideration come Saturday. Um- I'm actually with you, Jules. Same line of thinking. Bring Marchbank in, put Marchbank into Gov's position, let Gov roam. Because I think McGovern roaming, it'll be a nice um it'll just be a it'll be a nice test to see if he can play that running role. Because if he's got some genuine leg speed about him, we all know that McGovern can run like quick. So if he can play that rebounding halfback role and Marchbank finds himself in some form, you know, um it could become a little bit more of a uh, dynamic back six, I think, than what we're seeing now, where you've got that extra tall that can cover for a, a bit of a tough matchup. So I'm with you, Jules, on that one. Um, pretty simple breakdown of the preview, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I in the uh, label here, this is what I, I named it, because this is what it's going to get any. Like. Is it getting easy? <laughs> I think that's like what the lowest ever percentage of an AFL yeah. ball team or something like that. They I are. could be wrong. On thirty percent or something, but yeah, the lowest lowest poor. date, Jules. Jordan Harvey has just asked that any of you guys actually brothers. We're not even no. related <laughs> in any way. <laughs> uh, that's it. All right, predictions, Livy. Final um, score next week. Margin. Oh, uh, we're definitely going to smash him. A hundred and twenty-two to. 50. All right. 70 points, yes. 72 points. Jules, Dan? 120 point win. Jules? Uh, 74 point win. Yeah, I'd say about 80. I think I think any anywhere between 60 and 80, I'll be, uh, I'll be comfortable with. As long as it's the same brand of footy that we're seeing and we don't just start trying to, you know, trot out some globetrotter bullshit. Uh, that we could that we could go with. That's it. Now next week, hundredth episode. Livy, it was good for you to join us tonight because, uh, well, I mean, if you if you're around next week, it'd be good to have you on as well. I don't know when you're leaving, when you're going back. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So you may not you may not be with us next week. So I don't think she'll be here tonight. for the next. Set. No, she won't be here for the next set. It was good to have you tonight because, like I said, you've been a big part of this show. Everyone loves you. We all love you, and we hope that you keep doing what you do for this show because you are genuinely the best segment that we've got. And without that, that's like three, four minutes that we just don't have, unfortunately. Uh, 
so it's good. It was good to thank you for all your efforts in the lead up to the hundredth episode, and for everyone watching next week. It's a big episode. We're going to be reviewing the game. It, it should hopefully be a pretty easy one to review and a quick one. And then after that, we're opening up the streamyard for you guys to join us, for the listeners, the live watchers to join us. So make sure you're with us next week. Um, we want to talk to as many of you as possible in you know the hour or so that we've got. So stay with us next week. Come back. It'll be good to chat to you all. If we see you and if you see Livy, especially at, on Saturday at Marvel, come and say hi. I'm sure Livy will like to say hi to a few of you as well. Uh, and until then, Livy, give us a big go to the Blues to finish off.